This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. Would the CIA ever lie to the American people if they actually open their mouths? Of course, these three-letter government agencies, that's what they do. I mean, sometimes, okay, you can tell a lie maybe to fool our enemies, but to fool the American people, I believe that's what they did. A very credible whistleblower approached Congress. This individual said to have a multi-decade career with the CIA, currently works there at a senior level. And this is what that person is alleging, that there was pressure to change the origin of COVID. They were studying, where did COVID come from? Uh, there was indication they knew that it came from a Chinese lab, right? Maybe the Wuhan lab, a laboratory environment. But the pressure came from even more senior levels to change their findings. This is the allegation, according to the very credible whistleblower, to a wet market, right? To a Chinese delicatessen, basically. That's where, for whatever reason, the government wanted this thing to be perceived as coming from. Why? To protect Fauci? We know that Fauci was actually funding gain-of-function research. Yeah, they basically laundered the money, but Fauci had his fingerprints all over it. Is it what, to not annoy the Chinese government? I don't know, but this is big. The Central Intelligence Agency allegedly leaning on their own analysts to ignore the truth and come up with the preferred political narrative. Hey, the people, they understand this. Do you remember? It started maybe even on Facebook that this thing could have come from a lab Remember what they said? Remember what they did to people who dared say such a thing on Facebook? Kick them off. Here's the fake news. There's this theory that this, this virus was man-made in a lab and the Chinese intentionally leaked it, sort of this conspiracy theory. The lab leak theory was a conspiracy theory. We've all heard the conspiracy theories of the lab leak. Some of the scientists who were close to the lab called it a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're just so smart, aren't you? All of you. They're wrong. <laughs> and they've never been held to account. Huh? The Wall Street Journal, one of a few publications that printed the truth, lab leak, most likely origin of COVID-19 pandemic, Energy Department now says, after the fact, uh, the FBI says, but the CIA actually still 
withholding judgment. They haven't figured it out yet. Now, the CIA is denying this, denying that they pressured their analysts. Let's go through the denial. It's kind of a non-denial denial in a way. At CIA, we are committed to the highest standards of analytic rigor, integrity, and objectivity. Uh, no, you're not. More on that in a moment. Uh, and then there's this. They say they did not pay. We do not pay analysts to reach specific conclusions. That was part of the allegation that money was actually on the table. Well, you do not pay, but you do pay them salaries. And uh, look, I don't believe them. I mean, these are the people who got it wrong about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. That is, you know how many people, how many people did die? How many Iraqis died? How many American soldiers and Marines died, right? Uh, and those books were cooked. The intelligence books were cooked because Vice President Cheney wanted a certain... When the boss wants something, the boss gets something. Do you remember when Colin Powell went to the United Nations to make the case? The guy on the right, uh, that's Mr. Negroponte, the bald guy. Uh, he was the UN ambassador. And that man that we're pushing in on, that is George Tenet, the CIA director. What were his words about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? He famously said it was a... Slam dunk. This is a slam dunk case for weapons of mass destruction. So <laughs> I think we should all be incredibly skeptical of the CIA. They couldn't predict 9-11. I mean, the entire system was basically on red alert, right? I mean, there were so many warnings coming through, but the CIA was asleep. They were asleep. There was a memo. A memo came down and it said, well, the headline was bin Laden determined to strike in the United States. This came out in August. <laughs> FBI information indicates patterns of suspicious activity in this country consistent with preparations for hijackings. What else? FBI investigating a group of bin Laden supporters in the U.S. planning attacks with explosives. Again, that was before 9-11. Um, what happened? Do you remember any significant delays at the airport because of increased security? No, there was nothing like that. And after 9-11, we ultimately went, to, went into Afghanistan, but we gave bin Laden a great big head start, like a five-week head start. Why didn't we go into Afghanistan bigger, stronger, faster? Well, maybe, just maybe, it's because at the first Bush cabinet meeting, the first cabinet meeting of George W. Bush, according to the Treasury Secretary, he said out loud, we're going to go to Iraq. We're going to invade Iraq. The boss and Dick Cheney and the rest, they wanted to go to Iraq. And guess what? The boss got those weapons of mass destruction. He got somebody over there to say there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. So uh, there's reason for healthy skepticism. And, of course, the latest commercials. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And exactly not the kind of person I want working at the CIA with their generalized anxiety disorder. This is a recruitment ad for the Central Intelligence Agency. It looks like they're recruiting for a, I don't know, a special ed middle school or something like that for counselors who understand 
I don't know, but that's not, that shouldn't be, right? And here's something else. More recently, the Central Intelligence Agency, the director there is a guy named Burns, William Burns. You know what he was doing while he was at the State Department, the last big job he had? Hanging around with, yes, Jeffrey Epstein. We have this. He's admitted it. And this is after Jeffrey Epstein had already been convicted of molesting children. They first met in Washington, and then Mr. Burns visited Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. Yep, that happened. Next, please. The director did not know anything about him. How is that? How did the CIA guy not know about Jeffrey Epstein? But I did, by reading the newspaper. Epstein offered general advice on transition to the private sector. Do you believe that? You shouldn't. Next. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Awesome. Well done, Speaker McCarthy. Finally, uh, this is real stuff. These are high crimes and misdemeanors, alleged. All right, let's go through it. China, how much money at least has the House Oversight Committee determined went from China, China business interests, to the Biden family? $3 million. Ukraine, how much money from Ukraine? $17 million. From Romania, how much from Romania? What was going on there? $1 million at least. And this stuff went to, granted, it didn't go to Joe Biden, but it went to just about everybody else in the Biden family. Hunter, Hunter's uncles, Joe's brother, in-laws, uh, grandkids, his present wife, his ex-wife, uh, Haley, his girlfriend, Bo's widow. Crazy stuff. The fake news pretends that this is normal. It's not. And at the very least, Joe Biden lied to everybody's face. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. So he's been totally busted in this lie. Hunter Biden's own attorneys have acknowledged that money came in from China. They're trying to say it was good faith money. Um, it doesn't look that way at all. And why was it being distributed throughout the entire? It's actually suspicious that Joe Biden didn't get money, but everybody else in his family did. And there's Hunter complaining in emails that he's got to buy everything for the family and paying Joe's bills. Finally, the fake news has embarrassingly and very discreetly admitted that Donald Trump was right about all this. Kessler wrote Hunter Biden reported nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. Yeah, but somehow there's still no evidence and it's been all debunked. Joe Biden, no evidence that he did anything wrong. We need a uh, impeachment committee because they actually have investigative authority. They can subpoena stuff. They actually, it's the ultimate and it's time. Meanwhile, I'd like to introduce you to the new Baghdad Bob. 
There is no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden because President Biden didn't do anything wrong. They've spent the better part of a half of a decade now investigating him over these exact same claims to try to attack him, to try to attack his family, to try to undercut the progress that he's making for America. <laughs> you know what I mean about Baghdad, Bob, right? The complete denial of reality. And by the way, the House Oversight Committee has only been on this for a couple of months, okay? Next. You know, you have the chairman of the House Oversight Committee talking about how it's hurting President Biden's poll numbers. They're admitting the purpose of what they're doing. And the purpose of what they're doing is a politically motivated, far-right, extreme series of attacks on the president and his family that are not rooted in the truth. And I think that what we can do and what the independent press can do is to hold them accountable for those lies over and over again. What are you going to do, huh? Call your friends in big tech? Have us deplatformed again if we talk about Joe Biden's corruption? What do you have in mind there, huh? And the independent press? I wonder, does he mean the fake news? Yeah, he actually does. He also says politically, this is politically motivated. Quite frankly, what's wrong with politics? What's wrong with politics? They try to demonize that word political. Political is basically our elected leaders representing us, pursuing what we want them to pursue. That's political. And they have demonized that. Very strange for a pro-democracy regime. One more. Well, I think you've seen the president leading by example. The president, when he ran for office and when he took office, has committed to the independence of the Justice Department as it conducts its investigations. We do not comment on ongoing investigations at the federal level. We do not comment on the ins and outs of those cases. That's for the Justice Department to do. The fake news favorite, the New York Times reported over a year ago that Joe Biden was frustrated that Merrick Garland had not prosecuted, moved on Donald Trump. In their favorite newspaper, he's moaning to his staff, what's Merrick Garland doing about this threat to democracy? Leading by example, we know who Joe Biden was since before this guy was born. Joe Biden has been lying relentlessly, shamelessly. This is the mother load. We play it every now and then, and I think tonight's an occasion. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Everything he just said is totally untrue, and he's doing it with a smile on his face, thinking he's not going to get caught. Well, back then, we had a responsible media that wasn't afraid, that quite frankly went after the truth, didn't care if you were a Democrat or a Republican, and the heavyweights weighed in, and it was awesome. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. 
His memory had failed him. That should have ended his career forever, forever. He's still the same guy. This isn't a teenager. This is a man in his mid-40s, already served three terms in the U.S. Senate. He's still a liar. And, you know, yesterday, the 9-11 ceremony, even there. Crowns here in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, the way from where you could stand. Uh, even barking, barking, just like he was barking at that guy in New Hampshire in 1987. The truth was the very next day, he was on the Senate floor making a pompous speech, okay? That's what he did for uh, basically his entire professional life. The stakes are so much higher now that he's president of the United States. Remember that China balloon that just flew over America? <laughs> flew over America. We didn't get around to shooting it down until it was done with its mission. Flies over all of our most sensitive military bases. And once it gets over the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> then we shoot it down. Now, why is that? Now, Joe Biden never had a good answer for that. Try to laugh it off. Try to say China's our friend, even when they did this. Watch. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and uh, is and that break that makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look we're not looking for conflict. And uh, and that's been the case so far. We don't want any trouble here. We don't want any trouble here. There's something obviously very wrong happening here. I keep hearing that, well, there's no smoking gun. There's no smoke. This is pretty damn near close to smoking gun evidence, but you don't necessarily need smoking gun evidence. I do believe it will emerge. But, you know, Charles Manson, one of the worst mass murderers in the history of the of the universe. You know, he wasn't even at the uh, Tate or Lobianca house. He actually didn't kill anybody that night. He got everybody else to do it for him. But we know Charlie Manson is a murderer. And we also know that Joe Biden is lying. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. You notice the part where he said, we always kept everything separate. We always kept everything separate. Everything separate. Well, I want to show you really quickly how they kept everything separate. This is fascinating. From um, 2005 or so, South Carolina, Joe Biden is giving a political speech in South Carolina. Uh, look who's watching Joe work the room. Joe is schmoozing everybody after the speech. See what we have shaded there? That's Hunter watching every step of the way. Next video, as Joe schmoozes at the right time, Hunter, he's still my, Hunter moves in, all right? He, Hunter moves in as soon as it turns to business. Watch and listen here. 
Maybe we can work something out, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Well, Hunter was just telling about his firm in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a card by any chance? I do. I don't, but I'll give you my... Let me give you my card. Yeah, and then I'll give you my card. I gave them all away. Well, that was a so then Joe goes right back to schmoozing and watch the men step away to conduct business separately. You see it right there. That's how it worked. That's how it worked. Circumstantial, but devastating. Joe, I'm not going to miss you. We'll be right back. Hey, does this look familiar? It's a middle school library. Wherever you went to school, it probably had a library, right? Of course, they only had certain kinds of books there that were, you know, suitable for children. But in this crazy, sick moment America is in, all kinds of adult, adults want kids to read age-inappropriate material, pornographic books like these. Uh, all boys are in blue. Uh, <laughs> Not exactly Silas Marner or Catcher in the Rye, is it? Uh, gender queer. Now, I've glanced at these books. Yeah, there's pornographic, highly sexual material in these books. Obviously not suitable for children. Hey, it took a hero, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, to read from that book right in front of the administrators who are insisting somehow these books are suitable for children and said, what the hell are you thinking? Check it out. Let's take two books that have been much discussed. Um, the first one is called All Boys Aren't Blue. And I will quote from it. I put some on and got him on his knees. And I began to slide. I pulled out of and kissed him while he He asked me to turn over while he slipped This was my and I was struggling to imagine someone He got on top and slowly into me It was the worst pain I think I have ever felt in my life Eventually, I felt a mix of pleasure with the pain. Close quote. All boys aren't blue. Wow. Yeah, we had to bleep it out. Um, it's very, very graphic, very, very sexual, and very, very inappropriate, obviously, for children. You know, it's bad enough. Kids have access to, you know, everything in their phone. Does it have to be really in the library, at school? And then there's the next book. The second is a, a, another much-discussed book. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's called Gender Queer. Okay? Let me read an excerpt from that. Quote, I got a new today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have I'm going to give you the of your life, then I want you end quote. Uh, 
the stuff that we're bleeping out, we have to bleep out, but it is graphic sexual material. I mean, hardcore stuff. Obviously unsuitable for children. Now, the, uh, the guy who's uh, being questioned here, he's the Secretary of State of Illinois. I'm a smart ass. Take a look. With all due respect, Senator, the words you spoke are disturbing, especially coming out of your mouth is very disturbing. That cutesy answer, right? Yeah, there's something uh, wrong about this individual. Uh, but give us a straight answer, right? Give us a straight answer. It's up or, up or down on literature like this. Should children be reading it? He doesn't want to answer. We are advocating for parents, random parents, not to have the ability under the guise of keeping kids safe to try and challenge the world view of every single manner on these issues. Yeah. Random parents, not to have the ability, <laughs> random parents, parents, um, this is crazy stuff. And you know who's in favor of these books in middle school? Joe Biden. He is. He's spoken passionately in defense of this pornography. And I'll have it when we come back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13-plus-1 round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. The United States government just made a deal with this guy, the president of Iran. Can we trust him? It was basically a prisoner exchange. Yeah, he had some of our guys. We had some of his guys. Let's go ahead and put that deal up on the screen. Uh, we agreed to unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian assets. Um, we freed five Iranians. They freed five U.S. citizens. Um, is this a good deal? I, uh, I hope so. I've got my doubts. I'm a little bit worried about uh, doing business with Iran, but let's bring in an expert, shall we? Rick Grinnell, former uh, director of national intelligence, acting under President Trump, former ambassador to Germany, and good pal, oh, by the way, to President Trump as well. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Ambassador, Mr. Director. What do you think of this thing? Thanks for having me, Greg. Look, um, it's a terrible deal. It's, it's a terrible deal because it's going to entice other countries uh, to grab Americans. $6 billion speaks volumes to people, and the bad guys know that, and they want the money. Look, the, the Biden administration is left to say two things which I think are hollow. One is that it really wasn't the American tax dollars 
that uh, were giving to them that it was Iran, Iran's money all along, and it was just being held by uh, other countries. But the fact is, is that the American banking system is the banking system of the world, and we control uh, whether or not banks are going to follow rules and give this money to a, a Islamic regime that systematically denies people basic human rights. And so we had that money frozen and it wasn't going anywhere. And the Iranian uh, radical regime today made it very clear, mocking the Biden White House and John Kirby, who was trying to spin this the other way. They were mocking uh, Americans by saying, we're gonna use this money in whatever way we want once we get the money, it's our money, hmm. and money is fungible. And so you don't want us to use it in one area? Well, go pound sand. We're going to go do whatever we want to do, and that's going to mean financing terrorism. We all know that. It's going to be financing terrorism in Europe, on Israel's soil, and possibly in, on American soil. Yeah, here's the Iranian president, I believe, kind of thumbing, uh, thumbing his nose at the whole thing. That is our money. Take a look. Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit? This money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran, and naturally, we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it. How to spend our money, of course, it is under the authority of the Islamic Republic of Iran. So if I hear you clearly, that it will be used for more than humanitarian purposes, in your view. Humanitarian means whatever the Iranian people needs. So this money will be budgeted for those needs. You know, we uh, I think we unfroze Iranian assets in America to get the U.S. hostages out in like 1980, 81. Um, oh, by the way. Um, how did the Trump administration, primarily, how do you guys, how did you guys differ from what the Biden team is doing? Well, let's just take a specific example, the Pastor Brunson example, who was being held against his uh, will and, and unjustly in Turkey. Um, what, what President Trump did is just literally say, you got to return them. Otherwise, I'm going to start uh, doing tariffs. I'm going to start doing things that will hurt your economy. America doesn't have to trade with any particular country. We get to pick and choose, and the president of the United States can use the power of the American economy to do that. Now, look, you ask yourself, how, how could you do this in Iran? There's plenty of ways. First of all, we know that the Europeans constantly are doing business with uh, the radical regime in Iran. And so there are ways that we can say to uh, the Europeans or anyone, if you do business with Iran, then you uh, won't be able to do business with us. By the way, as ambassador to Germany, I was at the tip of the spear enforcing German businesses to pick and choose. And, and I wasn't telling them that they couldn't do business with Iran. But I was able to say, as the American ambassador in the Trump administration, if you do business with Iran, you can't do business with the United States. So you choose. And every single one of those businesses in Germany chose to do business with the United States. If we are clear about the consequences of doing business with this radical regime in Tehran, then 
they will be squeezed. Mm. So there's a way to do it. It's just what what Biden likes to do, Greg, is get the applause from the European governments. And so what he wants is uh, is consensus. And what that really means is that the Europeans get to veto U.S. policy. We saw it with Nord Stream 2 sanctions, remember. Merkel begged Trump to drop those sanctions, and Trump said no. Merkel begged Biden, and he said yes, and the Senate Democrats dropped those sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Yeah. I can argue that that caused the war in Ukraine. Wow. Hey, here's a difference. Uh, Joe Biden <laughs> did not pick up the phone to try to get these Americans released. We know that. He can't. He's not equipped. But Donald Trump was very much involved. In fact, at the RNC, he featured just a few of the hostages he was involved in uh, bringing home. He actually spoke to them. It was a fascinating conversation. You can find it online. It goes on for, for quite a bit. These guys were very grateful. And, and Donald Trump spoke about picking up the phone and talking to these uh, people all over the world, Erdogan and the rest, about getting these guys back home. Rick Grinnell, we so appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Thanks, Greg. All right. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. All right. At the podium, that's Carrie Lake with... President Trump. Carrie Lake, President Trump's choice for governor of Arizona, along with millions of Arizonans. Uh, me, MAGA. All right. So she's not the governor right now, but uh, she has a huge future. You know, she worked in the media for a long time, but she was never corrupted by the media. And she knew all of their tricks. And it was spectacular to watch her call out the fake news like this. Hi, Harry. Hi. Nice to see you. You, you don't have a mask on anymore. Uh, What's going we're on? Outside. Do you have a wow. minute to well, chat? Well, we're six feet apart. <laughs> Do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so, because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank do you. you. It is so good. Carrie, no wonder why the fake news doesn't like you, but the people love you. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. That was one of the more fun moments on the campaign trail. And, and you know, it's no wonder that the fake news doesn't want to interview me because they're afraid of what might happen and it won't look good for them. Well, you'll turn the tables on them because, uh, let's face it, they're uh, so unfair. They lie like crazy. And uh, anyway, they deserve that. She deserved that. Look, let me uh, cut to the chase here. You're not the governor, but I could totally see you in the United States Senate. There is an opening next year, or I guess not really an opening, but an opportunity to run for the Senate in Arizona. What's the latest? Are you going to do it? I'm, I'm really thinking about it. I'm giving it serious thought, and I think I'll be making up my mind here in the next few weeks, actually. You know, we have an opportunity to pick up a Senate seat and get it in the hands of an America first senator. Right now, we've got somebody who is a chameleon. She goes to D.C. and votes with Joe Biden. She comes home and tries to act like she's independent. And we've got a truly socialist Democrat slash Marxist running on the Democrat ticket. And that doesn't that doesn't represent Arizona. 
Arizona is not with Joe Biden 95% of the time like these other guys are. And so we want somebody who's going to go to Washington, D.C. I believe President Trump is going to win. And we need someone who's going to support him in the Senate and also in Congress. And so I'm giving it some serious thought. I know that if I jump in, our poll numbers look exceptional. I'll win the primary. And I, I believe I'll go on to beat these other two people who are rubber stamps for Joe Biden. All right. Now, listen, you spent a lot of time. I think that would be a great idea, by the way. Uh, let's just hope the election is fair. We always want fair elections. You spent time in the media. Let's talk about journalist Owen Schroyer. Quite frankly, this is a name I wasn't familiar with, but he was just sentenced to two months in jail for January 6 offenses. I believe we have his picture here. Um, this guy was neither at the Capitol, and <laughs> so he, he didn't enter the Capitol. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody, and yet he's going to jail. What can you tell us about this guy? Um, I, I don't really follow him. I've seen maybe a couple clips over time, but I, I believe that journalists should be able to report. And you may like what they do or dislike what they do, but they shouldn't be locked up for their reporting. And he was reporting on January 6th. Something tells me he was probably a lot closer to the truth than, you know, the MSNBC and CNN reporters. And that scared the Department of Justice enough that they, they, uh, sick, they you know, they sent the, their attack dogs to him. And now he's going to be sitting behind bars for 60 days for doing his job, which was reporting the news. This is the kind of stuff you see in banana republics. I say that a lot about many of the things that we're witnessing right now, Greg, which I, I'm really uh, of the belief that we are losing our republic and becoming a banana republic. And I don't know if there's much time to pull this back from the ledge, but I'm doing whatever I can uh, to do my part and try to save America. Yeah, it seems like it. it we, we, we could lose it all. We really could could lose it. And Joe Biden, what he did overseas, I uh, just oh. real quick, you're, yeah, it was painful. And it really was kind of it, 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 it hurtful for us. You know what I mean? We don't want to be embarrassed like that. Uh, you could do a, a job 100 times better. What are your thoughts on Joe Biden's latest trip? Makes me miss President Trump so much. Whenever he was on the world stage, he exuded strength and you know, peace through strength. We are a superpower as a nation, and it doesn't feel that way when I see Joe Biden wandering around overseas. I mean, he couldn't find the stage at this particular press conference. He was ram rambling on so badly that his uh, handlers cut him off, and they, they potted up and queued up the music to drown him out because it was such an embarrassment. He doesn't exude any strength. He uh, oozes weakness, and the the rest of the world is seeing it. And they are starting. It's like blood in the water. They're starting to circle America, and like sharks. And it's rather frightening that we're losing our our power on a world stage because of this guy, who looks like he belongs, um, frankly, in a nursing home. It's very sad and uh, so un-American. We are a strong country. We should be represented by a strong president. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, you love President Trump. I love President Trump. We have this uh, footage of you with President Trump. He put you in his most recent book, Letters to Trump. And you predicted once that he could actually win like 40 states or 45 states, that his message was one for the entire country. I agree with that. But do you think at some point Donald Trump that doesn't have to change his message, but maybe how he delivers it, say, I've always envisioned Donald Trump talking to Democrats and like, you know, hey, transgender people, you have nothing to fear from me. Stay out of schools, whatever you want to do as an adult. I just feel like so many people have lied about him. If he targeted those people, 
who have been told the lies, he could, he could actually move the needle even with Democrats. Does any of that make sense? It, it does. And, and I believe he actually does talk to all Americans. The, the news won't cover that stuff. Whenever you see him where he's really reaching out, because let's face it, it was 10 million Obama supporters. Those are Democrats who crossed over and voted for President Trump in 2016, making him the president. So his message is appealing to all Americans. And I believe all Americans want safe and secure streets. I believe all Americans truly do want a secure border. They don't want their kids getting their hands on fentanyl. They want schools where their kids can actually go and and learn something so they're ready for the real world, not being brainwashed. I, I think his message and his agenda appeals to all Americans. My concern, though, is no matter what he says, there's going to be some factions out there in the media that won't cover that. They just constantly lie about him. And it's unfortunate. But I believe as as things get even worse, the economy falters even more. Our, you know, footing on a world stage is not just embarrassing, but showing weakness. I think there's going to be more of those disaffected Democrats that naturally come over and say, you know, Life was better under President Trump. I do miss that economy. I do miss the uh, the strength we had on a world stage. And we don't have that strength anymore. I think the Republican Party should be reaching out to disaffected Democrats because the old Democrat Party, the one that actually cared about the middle class, does not exist anymore. And we have an opportunity to pick them up and bring them over to our America First Party. Love it. Carrie Lake, hey, if I can recommend Carrie Lake's book, let's put it on the screen, please. It's called Unafraid just getting started and uh it's all in there even the time she was a janitor when she was growing up it's great great (laughs) stuff thank you very much carrie lake to be continued and we'll be right back so those trash books we were just talking about and senator kennedy read from joe biden thinks they're a-okay and anybody who's against them is somehow you know, a throwback. We're uh, we're censors. We are no, we're reasonable people. But I don't know if this is his own doing or somebody convinced him of it. Take a look. Let's stand with teachers and parents against politicians who try to score political points by banning books. I never thought, as a student of history, I never thought I'd be a president who was fighting against elected officials trying to ban and banning books. Empty shelves don't help kids learn very much. And I've never met a parent who wants a politician dictating what their kid can learn and what they can think or who they can be. I know he's stupid. Sometimes I wonder if he's evil or not. This is a mixture of of both. And he's campaigning on it. This isn't some gaffe of his. When he announced for 2024, if he's really running, um, this is one of his issues. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books. Banning books. And they just flash those books up real quick so you can't read the titles. And some of them, yeah, are inappropriate for children. Inappropriate movies, right? I mean, remember PG movies and, and R movies and G movies? I haven't heard of a G-rated movie in a long time. NC-17, rated X, we don't have that there. Joe Biden thinks it's a good idea for drag queens to hang around kids in school. This is obviously wrong. 
He's obviously, I don't know, a lost soul. It's a very, very dangerous time. And talk about misinformation. That's what he's engaged in. That's what Democrats are engaged in. We will be right back. You know, folks, I thank God for my wonderful wife, my kids, my country, the greatest nation ever. And Americans like you who believe in the truth, The Chris Salcedo Show will never stop fighting for you. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. So I have two girls, three-year-old Annalise and one-year-old Madeline. I don't think I've ever showed you Madeline. Here she is having a conversation with my wife. You want to go to bed? No. You sure? You want to go to bed? No. I wouldn't want to go to bed either. It's light outside. Love you, baby. Uh, Chris Bland and the Right Squad are next. I'll see you tomorrow.